This program contains techniques and exercises that can cause physical injury. Individuals involved in the production and those demonstrating their skills assume no responsibility for any injury or damage resulting from the execution of techniques and exercises presented herein. Because I'm the best in the world, even though a lot of you don't like to hear it. I just, it's fact, I'm the best, you know what I mean? I sometimes, I don't want to believe in myself, but it's the truth. I'm the best. Enough with the formalities. I think we all know what's happening. It's time for the IC Robots show with your host, the champ, IC Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, your host, the champ, and I'm still... I'm still not a hero, but I still sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, I think I think it's going to get a lot less weak. We got we got so much fun stuff. I went to a con. I I uh, I saw the Warriors from the famous movie. It was it was great. We're going to talk about that. Everything is going to be awesome. We got a new song from uh from DJ Iceberg here. Let me see if I can find it on the drive. Uh, hold it now. Hit it. Yo, Iceberg, it's time. Drop that beat. Taika Waititi. Dennis Villeneuve. Taika Waititi. Dennis Villeneuve. Taika Waititi. Chiweto Ejio 4. Chiweto Ejio 4. Thank you for choosing how to pronounce. You are listening to the Icy Robot Show. We'd rather bite a cyanide molar than let you dudes win. That much is definitely true. We're going to be going on a mission soon against the Corinthian army. And if they get a hold of us, we're going to be biting into these cyanide molars. You don't, you don't want to have those guys uh, take you in for questioning, if you know what I mean. It's going to it's gonna be live. We're uh, floating about in space. Me and Engineer Emily are out in the Callisto Flyer. We are actually... Um, Looking for that alien dude to uh, to see what we can do to help him out. But as so far, we've had no luck. We've we've gone around the planet twice. We've gone out past uh, the uh, the other moons. We've gone out past Europa. We're heading we're heading into the deeper space. For the past few weeks, that alien dude's been kind of he's been kind of flitting about above uh, Callisto. He he's a fiend for the burgers they sell down at the uh, Jupiter-based snack shack, and he's he's been in two or three times. But ever since uh, we decided that we might. We might undertake a rescue mission. He's been he's been nowhere to be seen. So we're hoping we're hoping that we can uh, come in contact with him. Emily, outside of that, uh, what's popping with you? Nothing's really popping. We are running low on power crystals, though. So if we can't find the dude, we are gonna have to head back down in a bit. Really? I thought we were we were just like full up a second ago. I think we might have some sort of fuel leak. I can see that we are leaving some sort of trail behind us. It might be fuel leaking out. I can't tell from here. Do you want me to, um, I can get into a spacesuit. You want me to get into a spacesuit and the magnetic boots? I can walk out there and see if, like, see if there's some kind of a hole or something. No, that's too risky. We should probably head back. We don't want to get stuck out here. There may be currently an army scouts around. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't have the kind of armament that might be necessary if we ran into those dudes. We should probably, we should probably head back in a bit. What the heck is that? 
There is a ship nearby. Who, who is it? I don't know. It could be the Corinthian army. Take your battle station. It could get real. I'm going to scan the area. Crud, it's them. We need to get back to the moon base pronto. They are firing on us. Hold on, if I hit it hard we can outrun them. Their ships are crazy slow but they don't usually hunt alone. So keep your eyes peeled. Roger that. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm on the weapons array right now. I, I got the scanner going. I, I, I don't see any other ships in the area. Hold on. We're, we're, we're being hailed by somebody else. It's that alien dude. That's cool, man. What, what does he want? He says he has us covered. He's going to fire on the enemy ship. <laughs> Alright, according to my readings, it's a direct hit. The uh, the Corinthian army shuttles take their their heading out of here, man. They're they're boning out. We we should probably get out of here, Emily. They might be going for help or something. I dunno, we we better get back. We're we're still leaking fuel, but I'm looking at the gauge right now, we're down quite a bit. We might we might barely make it. He says he'll provide cover for us on the way back. He can see the leak and that there is a ton of fuel coming out. Plus, he wants to get another burger. Dude is always hungry. I'll tell you what, dude. When we get back, the burgers are on me. They only cost two Commodore bucks each, so it's not even its not even like a big deal. It is weird that we have to use company currency. But uh, well, what are you going to do? You know, we're stuck up on uh, Jupiter. I don't even i don't even know if uh, U.S. bucks have value in, um, in deep space, but geez... Thanks to that guy, I I was getting nervous for a second there, man. I don't I don't got a lot of experience in space battles, dude. Don't worry, man. I got it. I've probably shot down like 200 enemy ships. I'm a great pilot. I won't let you get killed. Also, the Corinthian army pilots aren't great. The foot soldiers are rough, though. Totally ruthless. That sucks. I mean, we're gonna have to hit the ground, right? If we if we end up on this this rescue mission, I. Yikes, I I don't know, I hadn't really thought about it. They're they're pretty bad, yeah? Yeah, they are super bad. Seriously? What are they like? Like really tall and fast and they use pain sticks and death rays. I've seen them actually dudes they've killed plus the uniforms they wear are an ugly shade of purple. Totally gross. Yeah, I feel you. Purple is like a hideous color for a uniform and they they eat people? That's I'm, 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 I'm having second thoughts. You probably should be. It's real man. These guys are dangerous. This isn't any place for rookies or new jacks. To be real, I am having second thoughts about even asking you alone. You might die. Yeah, I I, I don't want to die. You're you're definitely giving me second thoughts, but you gotta you gotta put yourself out there sometimes to to do the right thing, right? I mean, life is life is risky, right? I I'll be fine. I'll. I'll wear my blaster-proof vest, I'll wear my helmet, we'll have our Pooptronics-type edition blasters, and we'll have, like, we'll have our laser daggers and stuff, and from from what you've told me when we're, we're hanging out, we should be able to just, like, get in and out without them even noticing us, so I, I don't know, let's, uh, let's just hope for the best. Let's hope for the best, but also figure out how to do this right. Okay, man, we are approaching the moon base. I'm going to bring her in. Why don't you get things in order for it? The movies. We have to record as soon as we land. Okay, Roger that. Up next, at the movies. Following in the footsteps of Ebert, Siskel, and even that dude named Roper, it's at the movies with IC Robots. Stories can be told. Critics are calling Ad Astra a masterpiece. What happened? They think my father is responsible. All life could be destroyed. Brad Pitt's performance is true movie stardom. I've done everything you've asked me. Not everything. It's thought provoking. They never told you what happened out there. And awe inspiring. Five stars. I hope you're okay. And I love you. Ad Astra. Ready PG 13. Get tickets now. 
We went to see Ad Astra on a Monday over at the airport cinema in Windsor. I discovered that Ad Astra is Latin and it means something like, something like to the stars or whatever. Ad Astra was, it was a super interesting movie. Let me, let me give like a quick breakdown of the story before we get too far into it. Because going in, I didn't, I didn't know very much. I knew that Brad Pitt was in it. I knew that it was some kind of outer space deal, but I, I didn't know a lot beyond that. So let me, let me break it down without giving away any, um, any pertinent spoilers or anything. The, the flick is set in the not too distant future. I think it's like 20, 30 years from now where space travel is, it's not for everyone. But it is more commonplace. We have a base on the moon that tourists go to. There, There is another settlement on Mars. And people have gone, they've gone as far out as Neptune. That's, that's some like far-reaching space exploration. It's not in any way for civilians. But people have, they have done it in this world. And the one, the one person who has done it is a... Uh, a character played by Tommy Lee Jones, who is also, he is Brad Pitt, the star of the movie's father. He, he set off many moons ago. I think it was, I think it was 30 years ago on a deep space mission, and he was never, not never, heard from again. But then, 30 years later, mysteriously, these surges of energy are coming from Neptune, and they are very damaging to the planet. They're causing, like, thousands of people to die. So they, they contact Brad Pitt... And they want him to uh, send a message out there because they've come to believe that Tommy Lee Jones may be alive. And they want Brad Pitt to reach out to his father and see what's going on. I don't want to, I don't want to give away more than that, but he, um, he ends up going out there into space to find him. I don't, I don't think that's a spoiler. I think that that's in the, uh, in a lot of the promotional material. The, the story does have a lot of action and a lot of adventure, but it is... It is more than that. It's kind of a slow, quiet look at the relationship between a father and their son, which if you are a man, you do know that is a complicated one. We all we all love our fathers and I think we all struggle to know them as people now that we're now that we're adults and the movie the movie touches on that, the movie hits on that. It's a it's a very heartfelt, very very deep story with a lot of time with uh, Brad Pitt out in outer space alone with his thoughts ruminating on his relationship with his dad, his own relationships with his ex-wife, his relationship with just life in general. The the movie uh it may not it may not be for everyone. When you when you think Brad Pitt space movie, you're thinking there might be a lot of action. And there is a lot of interesting action. There was a fun, really fun chase scene on the moon, and there's another another neat, um very, very unexpected unexpected scene. You're gonna see something that I had never thought I'd seen in my life, and I don't wanna I don't wanna give away any of it, but it's really really interesting and really shocking. But for the most part it's it's Brad Pitt floating around in space thinking about things. If that if that seems like something that might appeal to you, this is this is definitely something you want to see. The scope of the film is huge. It's beautiful. It's very it's very quiet like it is out in space. I I do think that this movie is borderline masterpiece. I I was blown away with it overall, but like I said, it might not be for everybody. Other people in the theater when I went to see it, I, I kind of eavesdrop on people when they're going out. I like to like to hear what people say. They did not seem as enchanted with the movie as um, I did. A lot of people were like, I don't even know what that was about. I don't even know what happened in that. But I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think this was actually one of the one of the better movies that I've seen this year, to be honest. I I liked the world that they built. The um, images they have of the various forms of space travel are neat. It's neat to see the see the moon base that they're on. The Mars base was great. Ruth Nega, who is a uh, she is Tulip on Preacher. She's in the movie, and she is one of my favorite actresses of all the actresses out there. And she's really great in the movie. I wish I wish there was more of her in it than there. Then there is, you don't get to see enough. In my mind, there can never be enough Ruth Negan. There's not enough of her in this movie, but the parts that she's in are just absolutely outstanding. Brad Pitt's really good in this too. He has had an amazing summer. He might be the uh, the summer movie MVP because he got this 
And this is stretching the borders of summer. We've already done the summer movie war, so it is a bit past. But it is it is in some ways still summery out there. It's hot. It's hot down there on Earth still. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call it part of that. And he had um once upon a time in uh, once upon a time in a Hollywood, which was really great. He got a summer movie nomination. Brad Pitt's hitting on all cylinders lately. I I really think he's coming to his own. Dude's 55 years old. He's still an Adonis. He's still making interesting movies. I I am a Brad Pitt fan. I think I I like his I like his career as the most handsome character actor in the history of movies. I mean, dude is like he is an Adonis and he always takes character roles. He he does from time to time have like the leading man thing going on, but he he kind of plays it as a character actor and I really I really appreciate that. The movie was directed by James Gray who did the uh, Lost City of Z with Rob Pattinson last year. I thought that movie I thought that movie was really really great too. And this one this one was a step up from that. I'm looking forward to whatever whatever he might have coming next. Dude is definitely a very 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 talented filmmaker. It is 124 minutes. I do I do have to say it did play a bit long. A lot of the times when he's like floating around in space and there's like this nice soundtrack it's very quiet it could almost put you to sleep the and i don't i don't mean that in a bad way i don't mean that in a it's a boring way I, it has like this real like this real dreamlike meditative is that the right way to say it like it, it puts you in like a like a state of meditation just watching him flitter around in space with this beautiful music i do not think that that's a bad thing but i did I did find myself kind of closing my eyes, kind of just enjoying the sounds, enjoying what was going on. And that that might not be for everybody. Let's see. On the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic. I'm going to go out there on a limb, and I'm going to give Ad Astra a really, really, really solid 4.5 mics. 4.5 mics. The Jeffersons, Alice, and Trapper John M.D. will return next Sunday at their regular times on most of these stations. Last week, Dinosaur went to San Mateo for a comic show. Let him tell you about it. There are many things in this world that I enjoy. I like to sleep. I like to eat ice cream. I like to watch television. I like to go to the movies. But one of the things that I like more than any things of all the things out there is going to a comic show. So when I when I saw that there was going to be a comic show in San Mateo, which is like maybe maybe an hour and a half from where I am, I, I thought maybe... Maybe I'll go. But when I saw that the cast of Walter Hill's classic film, The Warriors, were going to be there doing a panel, I said, dude, you're definitely going. And go, I did. And I, I had a really fun time, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all about it starting starting now, I guess. I guess I've already, I've already started. I, I didn't really need to um, announce a start time. It has begun. I've I've been going to comic shows and I've been collecting comics for I don't even know how long many 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 moons and I I do have to admit that a lot of the luster has gone out of going to them I do enjoy it I do love it like I said but it's not it's not as awesomely thrilling as it used to be so it it takes something really major to get me excited, and when I when I saw the cast of the Warriors were going to be there, I I just about fainted. I just about plotsed. I loved that movie so much. I believe it was the second movie ever inducted into the IC Robots Radio Five Mic Movie Hall of Fame. The first, the first I believe was uh, the Big Lebowski. Then the second was the Warriors. Maybe that the third was the Warriors, and the second was Jackie Brown. But at any rate, the movie is in the Five Mic Hall of Fame, and that is that is absolutely hollowed ground. Only. Only a few, only the best ever make it, and I, I just really, I really love this movie, and um, the the main members of the cast were all going to be there discussing the film, and I, I just thought that was dynamite. Let's see, who was, who was going to be in attendance? The, the lead warrior, Swan, the guy who was Cochise, the gal who played Mercy, and then one of uh, the other warriors, I, 
I sadly, I don't know his name in the movie. One of the other warriors. And then the warrior that got thrown out onto the train tracks and killed. He was going to be there too. The guy also, he was also on HBO's prison series Oz. I I think he's a really good actor. And they were going to do a panel, which is, which is something I'm really into. When I first started going to comic shows, I was really just in it for the shopping. A a comic show is basically a uh, shopping trip. And I, I enjoy buying things. I enjoy bringing things home. And when I... When I first got into it, that's what I enjoyed the most. But over the years, I've I've come to appreciate the panel as the real main event of the show. I've seen, like, a lot of really good panels over the years. I, I feel like I'm overusing that word, and I apologize, but it is it is what it is. Over the years, I've seen quite a few. I've seen um, R.J. Mitt from uh, Breaking Bad. I've seen Billy D. Williams. I've seen Ernie Hudson. I've seen Steve Carell. I have seen a lot, a lot, a lot of these, and they're always... It's always fun. It's neat to be in a room talking with somebody that you've seen up on the big screen. It's weird to see it's weird to see this person that you've um you've only ever enjoyed blown up at like 30 feet to be sitting 30 feet away from you and to see them as a real person, to see them telling their stories, to hear them talking. It's really it's really exciting and it's really fun for me and it's always 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 worth the price of admission. Let's kind of scale this back and we'll, um, let's start at the beginning. When I, when I first saw the show, I was definitely excited, but then as the show started to approach, we got hit by a few unexpected bills. This is something you all know about. This is something you all know that can happen. So I, I was really hesitant in the days leading up to it about whether, whether I was going to go or not, because like I, like I said just a minute ago, these things are basically just shopping trips with, with like a show involved, but the the main event of the whole thing is the shopping, and I I didn't feel like I would have the amount of disposable cash necessary to make it fun. It's always fun, but it's it's nice to know when you go that you have like a you have a bunch of disposable income. So in case you see something really dynamite, you can um you can get it. And I I didn't feel like I was in that place, so I I kind of hammed. And it kind of hawed, and I'm like, I don't want to go. Maybe I do want to go. Maybe I don't. I don't. I don't know. Plus, it's like a two-hour drive, and you got to pay for gas. Then you got to pay for toll over the Golden Gate Bridge, and there was parking, and just like, just all this stuff. And I said, I, I'm not sure, but the wife is a real trooper, and she, she pushed me into it. She's like, we're going. It's no big deal. We're going to go, and we're going to see the Warriors. Warriors come out and play. It's going to be great. So we... We did head out, and it was it was definitely worth it in the end, but I, I do have to admit that I did kind of him, and I did kind of haw, and I I was being a bit of a party poop before I got before I got pulled out of the mud and back into um the car. I I think I already said the San Mateo is it's maybe like an hour and a half, two hours with with traffic from Santa Rosa. You got to go through um Marin County. And then you go through San Francisco, and then I think you go through Daly City, and then there you are in San Mateo. I don't know if I've ever, like, ever been to San Mateo before. I know that I've, like, I've passed through it, and I've gone around it, but I don't know if I've ever, like, actually stopped in San Mateo before, so I didn't know what to expect. There, there are a lot of these cities that surround San Francisco, and they're all... They're all generally kind of the same. They're nice. They're stuff there. They're they're suburbs. You know, they're fine. They're cool. Nothing wrong with them. They're really great. But uh, there's not like a lot of reason to go there. You know, and San Mateo is one of those one of those places. So we headed out and we crossed the bridge and we went through the city. It's always fun to go across the Golden Gate. This is something that I I really take for granted, having done it like 800 million times in my life. But it is. It is absolutely amazing to go across it and look out into the bay. And San Francisco, despite all of its problems, is still like a magical place. There's a lot of beautiful architecture. There's all kinds of neat things. Sure, it has it has a lot of problems. Homelessness is running rampant there. And there's a lot of, a lot of crime and a lot of littering and stuff. But it's still, it's still a magical place. And it's always... It's always fun to get the chance to go through there. It's fun to get to go to any place where people pay. Like, they pay. They pay to go on vacation there. If you could just drive there and go there, that is, that's definitely neat. Oh, 
This is wild. While we were going through San Francisco, there was, like, coincidentally, a giant outlaw motorcycle club, like... What do you call it? A run when they're when they're all going someplace. So there was like there was like a massive run of a uh, of a major um, outlaw bicycle motorcycle club, and they they were going around us. And I'm not even I'm not even kidding. They're like weaving through traffic, and they're going in between the lanes. In California, you can take your motorcycle in between the cars, and they're they're going around us for. I am not even kidding. This was going on for 20 minutes straight. There were like hundreds and hundreds of bikes going by. And you're you're all the time being very careful not to make eye contact with anybody, not to do anything that might cause any kind of a problem. You just want them to go around you. This was this was like being in an episode of Sons of Anarchy, but like imagine like a thousandfold. It's not just the Sons, it's like the Sons and the Mayans, and every other gang you can think of. It was it was pretty wild, but at the same time, it is, it is kind of like a, a somewhat common occurrence here in Northern California. The uh, outlaw motorcycle culture is definitely in full effect still. Big up to them, if you hear this. Uh, big up. I, I mean, you know, ill will. It was, uh, it was a little sketchy, though. I've read Hunt, Hunter uh, Thompson's book about the Hells Angels, and I don't I don't want to get jumped. Anywho, we we made it past that, and that was all fine. And eventually, we did make it to San Mateo. You had to pay for parking, which is something I don't like. Admission to the show was only ten dollars, which is which is dynamite. But the parking was fifteen bucks, which is I don't I don't know that that's a bit of a turnoff to me. I understand that the fairgrounds where the show is located, they gotta they gotta get theirs. Everybody's gotta get theirs. But I I didn't want to pay it. But at a at any, we did, and we, we made it there, and it was all fun. But when I got to the building, I was I was a bit taken back at how small the show was. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I guess I do, but I, I have nothing against a small comic show. I really don't. I can enjoy a big one or a small one. They're all, they're all fun, but this show was maybe like, it was about as big as a, like a big high school gym. And I, I did not expect that. I thought that a show that was booking guests as big as the Warriors, to me, that's a big deal. To me, that is, that's gigantic. And I thought that any group that could afford to get them was going to at least be like a multi-room show. I'm waving my arms around. You can't see it. But I thought it would be a lot bigger than it was. And I, I kind of turned to my wife and I'm like, I, I think we might have made a mistake because we got there a good two, two and a half hours before the Warriors panel. And I was like, I was like, oh no, what are we going to do? But we were like, let's make the best of it. Let's just go through and look at every single thing in great detail. Let's look at every box. Let's look at every single comic. Let's look at everything. We got the time. Let's do it. I mean, how often are you in a room surrounded by comic books and that is always a nice thing. I love comics. And this was this was primarily a comic show. A lot of times when you go to these things, they're pop culture shows, which is cool too, with like a lot of cosplay, a lot of pop pop vinyls. Why did I why did I mispronounce that? Let's do a let's do another take. There's a lot of cosplay, a lot of pop vinyls and things like that. See that was that was much better. It's okay to do something twice. But this was this was primarily comics, which is really neat. There was a lot of vendors with... When I say a lot, I mean that a lot of the vendors that were there were comic vendors. So there was there was a lot of boxes to dig through. Lots of uh, neat books to look at. And I, I enjoyed that. Let me... um I gotta... Let me boot up the, uh, the Pooptronics AOL. And let me see. I want to go and run down a list of the guests that were there. Because there were like a few... There were a few guests that were of note. Sorry, I apologize for how long this is taking, but you gotta, you gotta understand, I'm up here on a Jupiter moon base doing this, we don't got DSL, we gotta, first we gotta dial into the, um, Pooptronic cellular tower, then the tower goes down to Earth, and it's all, it's all good, okay, let's, um, let's start looking around for the, uh, San Mateo comic deal, okay, here it is, I just wanted to, I wanted to get, like, an accurate, an accurate list of all the folks that were there, aside, aside from the Warriors, there was Eric Larson, who draws Savage Dragon, he's one of the image founders, I, I saw him sitting there at a table, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool, I didn't, I didn't go up and acknowledge him. I don't. I don't want to bother people unless I'm actually willing to pay for an autograph. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to. 
I don't want to take up their time, and I, I forgive um, forgive me rather for all my blooping around. You can hear the uh, the mouse and everything. Michael Gray, who was Billy Batson on the old uh, Shazam show, was there. the The cast of our local creature feature show was there. Vincent Van Dahl, um, the uh, singer of Exodus, Stephen Souza, was there. I didn't. I didn't see him. They had the cast of the uh, Land of the Lost. They were all there. They brought a, um, like a raft. And you could go and get a picture with them in the raft. One of the things they had was a, um, like a replica Sleestacks head. Is that what they're called? They're not Sleestacks. Whatever, whatever they were called. They had a, they had like a creature head. And you could get a picture with it too. And I'm like, somewhere along the lines in their adventures, they decapitated one of these beasts. And now they have their head on display how vicious, how ruthless. They they had all the guests up along the upper rim of the room, all along the top. And then they had the comic artist along the right side if you were facing in from the doors. I I kind of try to avoid the parts with the guests. Like I said, I, I'm not buying an autograph. I don't I don't really do that too often. I did buy Sherlyn Finn recently, but that was that was like a special occasion. But I, I don't go for that so much. It's just it doesn't appeal to me to get a picture with somebody. I definitely could appreciate it if you want to, and I definitely appreciate how that's a uh, that's how guys are making their living nowadays. I get it. I'm down with it, and because because I know that, I also I don't want to bother them. They're there to try to sell pictures, and they're there to try to do all that, make some money, and I don't want to I don't want to bother them by going up and going. Hey man, I'm a big fan, and then not buying anything. It feels like I'm stealing their time. Their time is there for them to make money, and I don't want to. I don't want to steal it from them. So, I I just kind of avoid that area. I do kind of dip through, and I do kind of peek, but I I don't want to get their hopes up either. I don't want to go by and make them think that um I'm gonna buy a picture, and then I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to make the dude from the Warriors sad. I don't want to have any anything like that. So I. I just kind of avoid that area for the most part, even though I do sneak a peek, like I said. I had a really good time, though, at the show, overall. I, I don't want to make it sound like I didn't. I don't want to make it sound like it was too rinky-dink. Oh, let me let me talk about this for just, like, one second. Everybody who has been a longtime listener of the show knows that my favorite thing of all the things is the uh, Santa Rosa Toyn Comic Con that takes place here in Santa Rosa at the fairgrounds. As... As time has gone on, I've noticed that there wasn't any, like, announcement of a date or a guest or anything like that. So I, I started getting a bit, um, suspicious. So I reached out to, like, my, some of my friends. I have a few friends who are vendors at the show. And I said, hey, man, have you guys heard anything about the, the show? And they go, oh, the show's been canceled this year. I said, what? They, they then told me that they were having problems booking the fairground. So they decided to just, like, cancel the whole event. But then... The people who put this show on, this one that I'm that I'm talking about right now, they they kind of swooped in. They swooped in and uh, took over the territory, and now they're going to be putting on the Santa Rosa Comic Con at a at a hotel down near um, Railroad Square. That's that's like this this historic district of Santa Rosa. It's really touristy. They used to they used to have trains and all this stuff, but there's. There's all kinds of hotels over there, so this group is going to be um, running the Santa Rosa Comic Con this year, and I, I did enjoy the show, like I said, but I, I definitely enjoyed the old Santa Rosa Toy Con like 18 million times more. So I'm, I'm a bit bummed that it, it's entirely possible that the giant show that I saw Billy D. Williams at, that I saw Chekhov, that I saw Uhura, that I saw Ernie Hudson, is now going to be like a one room hotel show. I've been to um quite a few comic shows in hotels and it's fine. It's fun. It's cool to go there and buy comics, but it's definitely not the same as like the entire fairgrounds is the comic show. They do some stuff outside, they do some stuff inside. So, I'm a bit bummed. I don't want to I don't want to sound like a negative Nelly, but I I I do um I do want to I do want to say that I am a bit bummed that my favorite day of the year is now going to be Maybe fun, maybe not, probably fun, probably will be fun, but won't be as fun as it was before. That was, that was a bit of a sidebar, but I, I think that maybe some of you guys out there might be going, hey, what happened to the episode you do every year about the comic show? Isn't that, isn't that supposed to happen by now? Well, sadly, it's not going to be happening at all. Sad, sadly. That, that is a giant bummer, but I guess in the end you have to accept that something is better than nothing. It's nice to have a show. 
rather than no show. It's nice to have a show, like, directly, directly in your hometown. Let's, let's get back to the, uh, San Mateo Con, though. I, I've mentioned a few times there were a lot of comic vendors as opposed to a lot of, like, pop vinyl vendors and stuff like that, which is, which is always cool because I, I really dig looking through a long box. It's a, it's a nice way to kind of, like, work through some time before, before the big panel and stuff, and I, I did spend some time doing that. I didn't, I didn't find or buy, I did find something awesome that I'll talk about in a second, but I didn't, I didn't buy anything awesome. There was one guy who had a whole table full of books for 50 cents, and I ended up getting, like, eight dollars worth of those just just like fun stuff to read some back issues of the all-star squadron that's that's a comic i really like from the 80s they were kind of like an offshoot of the uh, justice society it was full of guys like guys like the star spangled kid and liberty bell and the tarantula a lot of the old um golden age dc characters and i got i got a bunch of issues of that some some recent Marvel stuff, there was one that I, that I wanted to check out that I never did with, within which Doctor Doom turns baby face and becomes, he becomes like the greatest hero of all the heroes. I, I really like Doctor Doom and this title was written by Bendis, Brian Michael Bendis, who you all know I'm a giant fan of, but for whatever reason I didn't, uh, I didn't pick it up when it came out, so I got a, I got a couple issues of that, and that was, that was really cool. I've read those, and I have to admit I enjoyed them quite a bit. I might go out and get a, uh, get a trade paperback to see what that was all about. I, I saw a comic at the show that has been on my Holy Grail list for I do not know how long. This comic is, it's a comic known as Night Nurse Number 1. This was a, uh, this was a Marvel Girls comic back from the 70s, but over the years, the Night Nurse character has been turned into a, I, I guess you would say she is sort of a hospital-type operation where superheroes can go if, uh, if they happen to get blasted in the line of duty and they don't want to go to a regular, uh, hospital. Imagine, like, Rosario Dawson's character from Daredevil, the, uh, Claire Temple character. Imagine like that, but she, she has her own hospital where dudes get dropped off. She does the surgery, she lets him recoup and stuff. I think she's like, I don't know, I think she's a really neat character, and this is a, this is actually like a pretty rare book. I don't know if I've ever, if I've ever seen one in person. I've seen them online a whole bunch, but this may be the first time I ever saw one like on the guy's wall. He, he had it on the back. Usually vendors like this, they, they have all their, you know, the boxes in the front and along the back they'll have like a display wall where they pin they pinned different books up, and I've never seen this one uh, pinned up there. I was, I was pretty stoked. The dude wanted $180, which is, that was more than I had at the time. Honestly, that's more than I, I wanted to spend on a comic book in general. But this is like, I've seen this book go on eBay for like four, five, even $600. So this was, this was a reasonable price, even though I wasn't, I wasn't going to spend it. I might spend 100 if he had a $100 price tag on it, I might have, I might have done it. The only thing is I don't, I don't really see like a big upside on this book. I don't see the Night Nurse book going up in value that much. I feel like it's steady and it's always going to be steady because Marvel did like really small print runs on these girl comic books. So it is, it's a rare book and it's a desirable book, but I can't imagine there's ever going to be like a Night Nurse movie or a nightmare show. Heck, with the uh, with Disney Plus, who knows what's going to be a show nowadays? Anything could be a show in reality. So it may it may happen. But I I kind of feel like when they put this Rosario Dawson character out there, it didn't it didn't kill the idea of a night nurse. But I think if they're going to do a night nurse, it's going to be her. And I don't I just don't know with the whole Netflix thing and the Disney thing. I really can't like. I can't see them revisiting this character. I really wanted this book, though. When I saw it, I was like, heck, I I need this. If I would have had, like, $180 in my pocket of spendable money, I might have done it. I might have, and I probably would have regretted it, but I, I don't know if I would have regretted it for long. It's it's a cool book. Let's see. I I did buy a couple toys. I'll talk about that at the end. Let's... Let's get to the panel. It was at 2 o'clock. They were going to be there for an hour. They they started a bit late, but they did make up for it at the end. I still have the uh, site booted up here. So let's uh, let's do a quick rundown of who was there. You got a... 
You have Michael Beck, who was Swan. He was also in Xanadu. He's the star of the film. He was there. You had Dorsey Wright, who was, uh, he was Cleon. He was the one who was, um, the war chief. And he, he bites it in the opening scene. Not the opening scene, but the big, the big scene at the park. You had David Harris, who was Cochise. Terry Mykos, who was Vermin. Tom Waite, who was a fox. He's the one who got thrown off the, uh, off the train uh, deck into the uh, right into the path of the upcoming subway train, and uh, Deborah von Valkerberg, who was who was Mercy. I really, really, really enjoyed this panel. All the guys seemed like they enjoyed uh, being together, which which made up for it. There was a lot of joking. There was a lot of like poking fun, a lot of teasing. The whole thing, the whole thing was really informative. I recorded the entire thing. I'm going to put it up on Patreon. This episode's going to go up on a Wednesday. I'm going to post the whole thing on a Thursday. I think there's there's like 48 minutes of recording. I would I would recommend giving it a listen if you are a Patreon member and you can become one for as little as a dollar a month. Go over to supportthereport.com. I think it's a lot of fun. I, I had a good time in the entirety. You really get a feel of what they were like as a group. I felt like the guy Tom Waite, he was the one who kind of, he was sort of the leader. He was the most talkative of the whole thing. Michael Beck definitely had a lot to say. Dorsey Wright, he had a lot to say. Mercy, a little bit. But uh, Tom Waite had a lot to say. They kept they kept passing the mic back to them. It was one of those deals where they only had one mic. And they were all passing it back and forth between them. And he he had it a lot of the time. I... I was, uh, I wouldn't say I was surprised, but he, he's definitely a talkative guy. Michael Beck, though, he, um, he had a lot to say. I got a little bit here. Let me, uh, let me play a little bit of recorded for you guys so that you can, uh, get an idea of what the panel was like. We saw a rough cut of this movie at Paramount, and all of us went in, and we all went across the street to the Blarney Stone, and you talk about long, sad faces. Because none of us, once we saw, oh, because we all kind of thought we were making a serious social commentary movie. We should have, you know, once we saw the gangs, we should have known, no, this is not. But we still were thinking that way. And we came out of that rough cut going, oh my God, this thing is going to be awful, isn't it? Well, little did we know. That was something that they kept going back to over and over again. Not over and over again, but they did go back to it a few times. That they were surprised with how the movie came out. All of them individually, they thought that they were making a movie about gangs and urban blight and all this stuff. And they were surprised when they saw the final cut and it was an action movie. I myself, I'm thinking, there were like so many fights. There were like a million fights during this movie. There were stunts, there were fights, there were all kinds of things. How could you... How could you think you're making an art house movie when there were like guys getting power bombed through toilets? I don't know, but still, it was pretty enjoyable, and I, I I love that movie so much. It's one of my favorites. It was really neat to be in the room with all the guys, having them talk about their experiences. I I highly recommend listening to the uh, Patreon uh, recording of this. This is a this is a perfect time right now for like a dollar. Dollar a month, you can hear that. It's really fun. If you have any interest in the movie The Warriors, it's there for you. And um, you'll come out feeling like, you'll come out feeling like you were there too. I think I got a pretty decent recording of the whole thing. We, we did that. And then after it was over, it was time to bounce. But I wanted to, I wanted to give one more go round of the show. We drove all the way there. So I'm like, I gotta, I gotta find something. Besides this, like, $8 pile of, uh, 50 cent comics that I have. Not that they were whack or anything, but I, I just, I wanted something else. I wanted something to kind of commemorate the event. So I, I dug around and I poked around and I found a guy who had a small box of, uh, Star Wars dudes. And I was able to get up on Bespin Luke. That was one I remember as a kid having and I really, I really enjoy him. That's the... That's the Luke who's in, like, the tan outfit. He didn't have his weapons. And I also got, I got C-3PO. I put them, I put them in my display case, which I brought up here to the moon base. Now, now the whole top tray is full. And both of these, both these guys look really neat. I have since, I've since ordered, uh, Bespin Luke's weapons. He has, he has a lightsaber, a yellow lightsaber that he can hold in his hand. And he also has a blaster. And that's the... 
that's the same blaster that um, the the other Luke, the uh, the pilot Luke, in the orange suit has. So that's that's on the way. I was able to pick those both up on eBay for like eight dollars ship. So that'll be that'll be cool. They're neat when you have them loose, but they're like they're like ten times neater when they have their weapons. I really I really like this Bespin Luke. He's um he's missing an eye. I don't know how that happened, but the paint off of his uh, right eye is missing. But it's it's neat. I like them when they're played with. I like to think about the history of the guy, where he came from, who might have owned him in the past. I I really dig this Bespin Luke, and I really I'm getting him now. Hold on one sec. I really like the C3PO too. He's so he's so cool and he's so golden. I of course had C3PO back as a young sprat, and it's nice it's nice to have him back. Nice to have him in my uh, display case. I enjoy both these guys. Uh, C-3PO's a little loosey-goosey. He doesn't stand up as well as I would like. But still, that's neat. It goes toward the uh, toward the history of the guy, I, I suppose. So, overall, I had a really fun time with the show. It was really neat. Let me put these two back. Oh, you go there. And you go there. I love action figure display cases. Forgive me, I'm away from the microphone right now trying to put these guys away but i i really i really love action figure display cases it's such such a nice way to display your dudes let me um let me get the snap i apologize i'm being so rude to you right now let's uh let's forget all about this and move into the final segment this went so long i apologize i hope it wasn't boring for you hope it was fun you've done the impossible and made it to the final segment of the show this is the part where I see robots talks about stuff he bought, saw, or was thinking about. It's pretty random. All right, it is me, and we are back for what is the final segment of the show. I'm really, really proud of you guys for making it this far. It has been quite a slog. It has been quite a trek. So you got to... You got to give it up to yourself for being troopers. You got to give it up to yourself for having courage and determination... Some would say grit. Some would say the grit to make it all the way to the end of the show. Let's see. What do we uh, What do we have to talk about this week? I was I was over at the mall. I like to go to the mall every once in a while, the Santa Rosa Plaza. I, I like to walk around. I'll get an orange Julius. I really like an orange Julius. I'll walk around. I'll get a cookie like a Mrs. Fields, and I'll hit up the polka stops and stuff while I'm there. There are quite a few. There's good polka hunting. For those, those of you into Pokemon Go, like my dude Ferg, like my dude Mighty Matt D, like Sammy Delco, like uh, like my good dude Lamar the Revenger. All you, all you cool guys out there who play the Pokemon Go with me, I definitely appreciate it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I forgot your name, but I, I'll send you some Pokemon uh, presents as a way to uh, make up for. It. But at any rate, I was over at the mall. I I've talked about this in the past. You gotta you gotta expand your hunting grounds without Toys R Us there. So I've. I've started hitting up the various Game Stops and the uh, the Disney Store in the mall, and I was at the Disney Store, and actually, I actually found something, and I actually purchased something. Over the past two years, the Disney Store has taken advantage of some of the properties they own, and they have launched a they've launched an action figure line called Toy Box. the The figures are five or six inches tall, and they they have like an animated feel. So far, they've released them from Star Wars, also Marvel, and then they have like a Pixar line as well. I, I've been looking at these for a while. They they range in price from like $15.99 to like $12.99 to $18.99. I don't, I don't know what they based the pricing on, but I, I did think the figures were cool, but I also thought they were a bit pricey. So I haven't bought any myself, but... That has all changed. The other day when I was at the Disney store, they were running a um, a sale and they had the the initial series of the toy boxes all on sale for $6.99. But not only that, they were 40% off that $6.99 price. So I, I bought myself a few. I was pretty stoked. I got Princess Leia. I like this one a lot. It's Leia from the New Hope with the space buns and the, the white outfit. And I got the Wasp. The Wasp from the uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. She's she's pretty cool. They only seem to have the uh, the female characters left on the uh, on the sale floor. But that that's all good because I tend to buy female action figures. I also got Rey. Rey, who we all know and love from Star Wars. The the version of Rey that they have is the uh, Jakku Rey. I have only, as so far, opened her up. But I... 
I'm pretty pleased. I, I, I like the uh, articulation. There's many, many, many points. Let's see. There is one at the shoulder, elbow, wrist, neck, ankle, waist, knee, and also at the hip. They flex. So that's that's a lot of articulation for $6.99 and 40% off. It's interesting. I haven't really heard anybody talk about these figures in any of the uh, toy pods that I listen to. That doesn't mean that people aren't talking about them at all, but it does mean I haven't I haven't heard it. Maybe I need to um expand out some of my toy pod listening. But I I think that these are pretty cool. I enjoy them. I went on eBay because I started thinking, I wonder if any of these have any kind of like collector value. I wonder if there are certain ones that people are out there looking for. It never never hurts to know what are the hot figures. And what I discovered was the Captain America from the Marvel set goes online for like fifty bucks on eBay. And also Boba Fett. Boba Fett goes for 50 bucks. I regret not picking up the Boba. I was there at the store and I saw him. I saw like a whole a whole peg full of Bobas and I didn't get him and I thought that he was pretty neat. We all love, we all know and love Boba Fett so I, I kind of regret that. Especially now knowing that it's going to cost me 50 bucks if I want to be getting that. So um, you can you can bet your bottom dollar that I will not be getting Boba Fett. But I will, I will regret it. Captain America is one that I really, 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 really want, though. It's um, a very, very nice-looking figure. Let's see. In the set that has the Wasp, you have the Wasp, and you have Ant-Man, and you have Doctor Strange. You have Star-Lord and Captain America. They are all done up like the uh, like the movie versions, not so much the comic versions. But I, I dig them. If they were, if they were all... On sale for $6.99, 40% off. I would have bought a bunch of them, man. I was I was pretty stoked. They also had Black Widow that I kind of considered getting. And I, I don't know why I didn't, honestly, in, in retrospect. But I I did leave her behind. If I go to the mall again, they hit up the Disney store and they have her. I'll, I'll probably pick her up if the sta- sale, rather, is um still in full effect. But I, I recommend you guys hit up your Disney stores if you have one near you. These... These are kind of fun figures. The Wasp is particularly nice. She's wearing her helmet, like the helmet's down. She has removable wings, but I I dig her a lot. I think that's the next one that I'm going to open. Sometimes I buy figures that I'm going to open, but I, I hold on to them till, like, till I need a pick-me-up. Like a day when maybe I'm a little bored, maybe I'm a little down in the dumps or whatever, I'll... I'll pull one of these guys out and I'll open them up. Good good news is my um my bin in the garage full of action figures that I need to open is overflowing. So that does go to show that maybe I haven't been bored lately. Maybe I haven't been down in the dumps. Maybe things are looking up for you, dude. Maybe everything is gonna be coming up roses. I don't know. Maybe maybe more likely I just put them out there and then I forget that I forget that I ever bought them in the first place, which I imagine is something that happens to all of us. That collect toys. By the uh, by, the time you guys hear this, it's going to be October. Isn't that wild? We're getting ready for Halloween. I love Halloween. I I got to be honest, admit I do enjoy Christmas more. But I I love Halloween a lot, and I it saddens me to say that like Halloween hasn't even even started yet, and I'm already I'm already getting to the point of being Halloweened out. It's it's already starting to become Christmas like in that the Halloween season is starting way 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 early, and I. I don't like that. I I decorate for Halloween like a madman. I have a gigantic collection of Halloween blow molds that I put out every year. I do it up. I do it up right. I have ghosts, witches, Draculas, tombstones. They all light up. They're all amazing. It's great. I love it. I definitely have the best house in the neighborhood down there on Earth. But I... I hate to, uh, I hate to see it start so early, man. To me, Halloween doesn't start till October, but you can, you can bet your bottom dollar that by the time you hear this, I will have already decorated because I, I like to get the most out of it. But, um, when I'm, when I'm on the tweets and I'm poking around and stuff, I, I don't know, man, it, it gets on my nerves to see Halloween popping up so early, just like it does with Christmas. I love Christmas, but to me, it's not Christmas season until December. You can bet your bottom dollar. December 1st, I'm going to have my Christmas blow molds out there. I got Santas. I have snowmen. I have everything you would ever want. And you can bet. I'll have them all up. But I do the right thing, man. I wait until December. I I get it. Halloween was commercialized a long time ago. But come on, dudes. Let's, let's show a little restraint. Let's wait until October to do the Halloweening stuff. Oh, I, uh... I also want to mention, I apologize for that toy box segment. I, I didn't mention, I had my Disney toy box figures with me, and I was looking at them and fooling around with them, and I, I bet there's a lot of, like, a lot of bumping around 
during the segment. And I I apologize. I I had a weird dream the other night. I had a weird dream involving uh my dude Gino Vega and I I haven't told him this. This is going to be the first time he's hearing it if he happens to be listening right now. I hope I hope he is. In in this dream, I got a uh, I got a Facebook message from Gino, and he's like, "Hey, me and uh me and my pal Jerry are going to watch this wrestling documentary over at the uh, Maria Creo High School gym. Do you do you want to come?" And I said, "Yeah, man, I'll I'll meet you guys there. It's just uh, down the street from my house." I I looked at the event online, and it was like some hardcore Japanese wrestling documentary that they. They were airing over there. I don't know why they were, but they were. So I, I got dressed and I, I hopped on my bike. If it's a, you know, if it's near the house, I'll always take my bike. I hopped on my bike and I headed over there and I, I met up with Gino and Jerry and we're, we're going inside. And I noticed Gino was wearing like a big, like a big full on leather jacket, like a rocker dude leather jacket with like zippers and stuff. And he had his hair slicked back and he, he was wearing sunglasses and he had a, uh, he had a barbed wire baseball bat. Like Onida-san, like the famed Japanese death wrestler, deathmatch wrestler, Onida-san. And I'm, I'm thinking, that's cool, man. He's into it. He's, he's doing some cosplay. So we, we paid to get in. It was like five bucks a ticket. And we got in there and they had like, uh, they had folding chairs set up all over the gym. And then there were bleachers up against the wall. All the, all the folding chairs were already taken. So I'm like, let's go, uh, let's go hit up the front row of the bleachers. Those are still open. Those are all right. And my dude Gino's like, no way. I didn't come all the way here to sit in some bleachers. And he ran up to one of the dudes who was sitting in a chair and he cracked him in the shoulder with the barbed wire bat. And then he cracked the dude next to him with the bat. Then he cracked the other dude and they all fell on the ground. And he, he took the bat over his head and he screamed, This is for real hardcore Japanese wrestling! And everybody cheered. They popped like crazy. The whole place was going nuts. And he was standing there with the bat over his head going, Yeah! And we sat in the chairs and watched the uh, watched the shows. The guys he knocked out of the chairs with the bats, they were even on the ground holding their hands up going, yeah, this is for hardcore Japanese wrestling. I don't know. I don't know what that dream was about, but it, it was about something. So Gino, if you're listening right now, and I hope you are, you invaded my dreams with your hardcore Japanese wrestling. I, uh, I just heard over on Facebook from my dude Sammy, Sammy Delco, that the company, what's it called? Super 7 is going to be releasing a line of Archie reaction figures, and I gotta, I gotta say, this is good news, man. I, I've been out on reactions. Not that I don't like them, I like them a lot, but I, I like to pick them up at the store. I'm not really that big on ordering stuff, but the, the Archie franchise is one that will definitely, definitely, definitely get me back into it. I think, I think I would definitely buy Betty, Betty's my favorite. I'd probably get Veronica, too, just so she has somebody to pal around with. Then you gotta get Archie. You gotta get Jughead, too. And, heck, if you're going that far, you might as well get Reggie, too, right? I I don't know. I'd probably get the whole squad. What can I say? I also hope they come out with uh, with uh, Archie's jalopy. I I saw over on Pop Culture Retro-Rama. That's, that's my guy Vic Sage's new site. I've been doing some writing over there. Check it out. PopCultureRetroRama.com. I... I saw that uh, Earl Green, another good internet pal of mine, posted an article about some Pee-wee's Playhouse reaction figures that looks really neat. You got Pee-wee, you got the chair, you got everybody. Those look really neat. Reactions are cool. I I would probably be all in on these if I could get them over at Target. When they had them at Toys R Us, back when Toys R Us was still a thing, I was I was getting them all the time. I think these are really, really, really neat. I, I wish I could still get them at the store, but the days of the store are no more that could be uh that could be a new jingle for toys r us i think we're i think we're ready to get up out of here for the most part i've i've run out of stuff to say uh go follow me on the tweets on twitter at ic robots go over to the facebook group that's facebook.com backslash ic robots hit up pop culture retrorama.com i'm trying to get something up there at least once a week something fun it's it's cool, man. Vic Sage has new stuff going up there every day. I write there. Flack writes there. Earl writes there. You got stuff from uh, Allison. It's all the uh, all the good people that you know and love from the days of the Retroist, all in one place, together again, riding off into the sunset. Make sure, make sure to hit us up at supportthereport.com. That's our Patreon. There's so much fun stuff over there. There's like, there's well over 50 patron exclusive shows if you like what we do here and you want a little bit more please 
please consider dropping by supportthereport.com. It's totally worth it. There is so much fun stuff there. You got the POS. I got a new POS. All set. All ready to drop. You're going to get it the the next cycle of patron shows. It's going to be great. We just dropped a audio handbook of the Marvel Universe about Dazzler. I've been hearing lots of good things about that. It's, It's just a lot of fun over there. And I... I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate the support from the Patreons. Please, please consider becoming a show patron. I'm begging you. If you don't want to do that, something you can do to help out is you can just share the episode. Go on Twitter, find the link, share it. Go on Facebook, find the link and share it. Let people know. Tell somebody that you know personally that they might like the show. That's always that's always good, too. We got to spread the word. I think we're doing some fun stuff here, and we need more people aboard. All right, that's uh, that's about it for this week. I'll see you guys soon. I don't know what we're going to have next week, but don't worry. It's going to be something fun. I'll think of something cool. It's going to be great. So until next time, if you don't know, I know. We only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Hi. If you've got a second, please drop by supportthereport.com and peruse all of the patron-exclusive content available to those who have the kindness, nay, the courage, to toss in a couple of bucks in support of the greatest podcast in the world, the IC Robot Show. It's well worth the time, and on an ethical tip, it's what Captain America would do. Supportthereport.com